Today, we're looking at the story of Mary and Martha. And if you uh, take time to look in Luke's gospel, you will see that this story follows immediately after the parable of the Good Samaritan that we looked at last week. Uh, they are partner stories in a way, and, and that's very intentional. Let's begin in prayer. Holy God, you call us to be whole, to live in your shalom, to be people who know you and love you and serve you in the world for the sake of Jesus Christ. So let your word work within us that we might come to know you better and serve you more faithfully for his sake. Amen. Listen for these words. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever noticed how taking Scripture seriously means that it pinches our toes? Because it always calls us to a greater awareness of who God is and a deeper and more faithful expression of our discipleship in the world. I'm used to having scripture pinch my toes. I write my sermons as a response to where scripture addresses my life. And I figure if those sermons step on my toes, they will find yours as well. But, you know, some passages don't simply pinch. They feel like a steel-toed boot stomping down on my toes. This is one of those passages. It's the story about a party of sorts. Jesus went to the home of his friends Mary and Martha to have dinner. Now I want you to think about that for just a moment. If Jesus was coming to your house for dinner, what would you do? Would you mow the grass and run the weed eater? Would you grill steaks? Or would it be better simply to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and then buy groceries for a poor family with the money that you saved? Think about this, too. When Jesus traveled, 
He traveled in the company of his disciples. So this was not a dinner party for only three people. This was a dinner party for at least 17 or more. Now, friends, I love to entertain, but I don't know if I could throw a dinner party for Jesus and his disciples without a lot of outside help. I do know this for sure. Jesus and his disciples went to dinner at Mary and Martha's house. Now, there's no doubt that that there was an atmosphere of both tension and excitement in the days before that dinner party. And you know those two sisters were cleaning their house from top to bottom and doing everything they could to prepare for Jesus' coming. And, and the day of the party, I'm sure they were looking out the window in anticipation. And when they saw Jesus and the disciples round the corner, no doubt they hustled to do those very last-minute things, dusting the corners and bringing out the wineskin. When Jesus came through the door, he greeted them warmly. Not long after that, Martha excused herself to go and finish the preparations for dinner. And Jesus began teaching his disciples. Mary sat right there at his feet so she could learn along with all the other disciples. Now, It wasn't long with Martha back there in the kitchen before she got a little frustrated. So I I suspect she was rattling the pots on the stove in an effort to get Mary's attention. And maybe she got a spoon in a bowl and was kind of whap, whap, whapping on the sides, you know, sort of as a, how are you forgetting something kind of message? It was all to no avail. Jesus kept teaching, and Mary kept listening. And finally, Martha got so frustrated, she just blurted out, Don't you care, Lord? Don't you care that I'm doing all this work and Mary's not doing anything? Tell her to come and help me. And Jesus responded by saying, Martha, Martha. You are so worried and distracted. Only one thing is important. Mary has chosen what is important, and it won't be taken away from her. Ouch. I have always felt sorry for Martha because I know how much work it takes to serve a great dinner party. But I don't think that in his words to Martha, Jesus is saying that listening to the word of God is a superior form of discipleship to offering hospitality to a guest. Both of them are important. And there are too many places in Scripture 
where hospitality and compassion are lifted up as faithful marks of discipleship. Think about the parable of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus says to the lawyer, go and do likewise. Or the story of the feeding of the 5,000, when Jesus said to the disciples, you give them something to eat. Faithful mission outreach always grows out of careful attention to the Word. And in his words to Martha, Jesus is not trying to separate those two. (coughs) Both are important. Martha's problem that day was that she was so busy and distracted, so focused on herself, she lost the significance of the moment. Listen to the questions she asks Jesus. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that I'm doing all this work and Mary's not doing anything? Tell her to come help me. When we are too busy and too focused on ourselves, it's easy for us to begin to make comparisons. Look at everything I'm doing. Look at what Mary's not doing. Poor me. Lord, do you care? Have have you noticed how anxiety can narrow our perspective from one in which we have an openness to the world and everything in it, down to one so narrow, all we care about is ourselves. You know, it's when my perspective gets so narrow that all I'm thinking about is me, that I feel that steel-toed boot of Scripture stomping on my foot. When we have narrowed our perspective to the point that all we can care about is ourselves, it's really easy to get angry at other people and to assume they can't possibly do everything that we are doing. It's also easy to get angry at God because obviously God has failed us too. Don't you care, Lord? When we have that narrow perspective that sees only ourselves, we suffer from a kind of unique blindness that prevents us from seeing ourselves as God sees us. This poor me blindness can strike when we are simply too busy. Even if the things that make us busy are ways we are serving Jesus Christ. Friends, prayer is important. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is important. Being 
in worship is important. Serving as the hands and feet of Jesus in the world is important. All of the forms of ministry, hospitality, prayer, study of scripture, worship, hands-on mission, doing our daily chores. Life, life is busy. Our daily chores are important, and ministry can add even more to our busyness. And there are so many opportunities for ministry in the world. Friends, there's more pain per square inch out there than any of us could hope to heal. And so very many people who need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. It's easy for us to become too busy and to become uniquely blind to who God is. If we have to ask, do you care, Lord? We have forgotten who God is, perfect love, and who we are, God's beloved children. Now that poor me blindness can also set in when we are doing good things for the wrong reason. Serving Jesus Christ brings a sense of joy. But if we are doing ministry simply because we said we would do something, it's easy for us to become exhausted. That leaves us feeling empty and anxious and angry. Poor me blindness sets in when we don't pay close attention to our gifts and our passions. God created you with your own special set of spiritual gifts. God made you unique, just as God created me with my special set of spiritual gifts and made me unique. And God filled our hearts with a passion and love for certain kinds of ministry. When we are involved in those ministries, we feel excitement and joy, even if they're very hard to accomplish. But when we are doing something that's not reflective of our gifts and our passion, it's really easy for our perspective to narrow down, for us to start thinking about me, myself, and I, and to wonder, do you care, Lord? Do you care? This may come as a surprise to you, but... Sometimes the church asks us to be involved in ministries that don't fit. It's okay to say no to those opportunities. I believe God wants us serving in those places that bring us joy 
and allow us to meet the world and everyone in it with welcome and love expressed in arms open wide. Martha's problem that day in Bethany was that she suffered from poor me blindness that prevented her from understanding the significance of the moment. Friends, Jesus loved good food. He loved good wine, and he loved a good party. The problem was not the preparations she made or the good food Martha cooked. The problem was she didn't understand how significant that moment was. She missed the kingdom when the kingdom drew near. When Jesus came to dinner, he was on his way to Jerusalem to face his crucifixion. His time with friends and time for teaching were growing short. It was as if he said to Martha, Listen to me now, Martha, because tomorrow I'll be gone. But she was so focused in on herself. She did not understand the significance or holiness of the moment. When Jesus told Martha that Mary had found the one important thing, he was talking about spiritual discernment and ability to know what to do when. Spiritual discernment allows us to know those moments when the kingdom draws near. Spiritual discernment means we know ourselves well enough to know when our well is dry and we need to step away from all the doing to sit at the feet of Jesus as Mary did. Spiritual discernment also means we know ourselves well enough to know when We've been sitting at the feet of Jesus for so long, it has become nothing more than a resting place that prevents us from being the hands and feet of Jesus at work in the world. Spiritual discernment means knowing God well enough to trust God's love for us and to be open to those holy moments when the kingdom of God draws near to us. Friends, faith is a matter of balance. Sitting at Jesus' feet is important. Being in the presence of the worshiping community, prayer and Bible study, those are important, and so is mission in the world. Spiritual discernment is knowing what we're called to do when. And we grow in our spiritual discernment 
by involving ourselves in all the forms of discipleship because they're all important. And without any one, we dry up and wither away. And we grow in spiritual discernment by being active participants in a community of faith where there are people committed to nurturing us in faith and discipleship. Friends, the challenge of the gospel is knowing what is of ultimate importance and making that our first priority. Knowing when the kingdom has come near to us is always crucially important. So be aware of those kingdom moments. Sometimes when the kingdom draws near to us, the faithful response is to drop all of our doing and sit at Jesus' feet as Mary did. And other times when we sense the presence of the kingdom, the faithful response is to be engaged in ministry with all of our gifts and all of our passion, just as Martha did. Spiritual discernment is knowing when to do the one and when to do the other. Lest we miss those moments when the kingdom has come near to us. You know, Jesus promised us that the kingdom of God is among us, so near that we can reach out and touch it. So be on watch for those kingdom moments. Be alert to when the kingdom might come into your life in the form of someone in need you meet in a chance encounter or in the form of an experience of God that drives you to your knees in thankfulness or concern. Friends, the point is not that prayer is better than pot roast. Both of them are important. The point is knowing God well enough to know which one to serve up when God shows up. I'm going to say that again. The point is not that prayer is better than pot roast. They're both important. The point is knowing God well enough to know which one to serve up when God shows up. Amen.